At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter. For almost a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. On the Genius Recipe Tapes, we're sharing the behind-the-scenes moments from talking with the geniuses themselves that we couldn't quite squeeze into the column or video. The extra genius tricks, the off-road riffs, and the personal stories that actually have nothing to do with the recipe that week. This week, I called up Carla Hall of Top Chef fame and cookbooks like Carla Hall's Soul Food to talk about the biscuits that she has spent decades perfecting. Hi, Carla. Hello. This is really exciting. It is biscuiton. And I can't tell you how many times I'm trying to tell somebody over a phone call or something how to make really great biscuits. So this is perfect. I know that you've spent your life perfecting biscuits. Is that is that right? Absolutely. Seriously. And you know, you know why? Because I feel like, and I make biscuits with strangers, because I feel like, you should either know how to make a good biscuit or recognize one, you know? So don't, don't send anybody to a place and they're like, oh, they have great biscuits. You're like, no, that's not a good biscuit. <laughs> okay, well, why don't we start there with just, can you tell me about the beginning of your relationship with biscuits? Like from when you were a kid, how did you like to eat them? When did you learn to make them? So my grandmother made really great biscuits and, um, and it was a special thing because my mother didn't make them. So they were always made at my grandmother's house, especially when we stayed there over the summer or over a weekend and she would get up and make these biscuits. And I remember the biscuit cutters. I remember the rolling pin. I remember the crunchy bottoms and the light fluffiness in the center. And I, it, it, you know, it's all about how you eat them. So I eat them like this because I want a crunchy bottom and a top. I always eat the top first. I save the crunchy bottom second and I put butter on it first and so it can melt and then jam, different kinds of jams one on the top, one on the bottom. So that's my whole thing. That's how I've always eaten them to this very day. I, but, and I understand some people make a sandwich and they'll cut them in half and eat it like that. No, that's not my jam. Um, I started making biscuits when I had a lunch delivery service. So back in 90, 1990. And I started a lunch delivery service as a fluke and I sold biscuits with smoked turkey. And that's when you realized you needed to learn how to make your own? Yes, and it was a process. It was a process, but an interesting fun fact, I was living in London at the t uh, right before that, and so I saw a scones recipe in The Guardian, and I used that as my base, and then I started mixing that recipe with some of the um, tips that my grandmother had. So I literally took something from England and this southern recipe and mushed them together for my perfect recipe. Oh, wow. How close was that to the version in 
Carla Hall Soul Food. Back then, were you doing the same tricks or were you doing something? No, I the, the, the recipe was really basic. My biscuit was flat and I started, even, even to this very day, I'm always looking for really simple ways to teach people how to make the perfect biscuit, which throws me into some kind of trick because I have the feel, I've been making them for decades now, but I have the, the touch and the feel, but I'm like, how can I teach somebody how to make the perfect biscuit? And it was when I had my restaurant for a very short period of time. So around 2016, 2017, and I had to teach these young kids how to make biscuits who had never really made a biscuit before. So that's when I was trying to really come up with a foolproof way and a consistent way because, you know, if you have a restaurant, it's all about consistency. Got it. So were you doing the food processor method then with the, the grating attachment and so, or were you doing it by hand, hand grating the butter? At the restaurant, we did do it with um, uh, a food processor. Okay. Because it was a lot of butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot to grate on a box grater by hand. Yes. So with this technique, were you trying to achieve the same kind of biscuit you had made by hand, by feel all those years, or were you going for a different kind of texture at all? Were you just trying to do your perfect biscuit, but with a simpler technique? So I was trying to do a consistent biscuit that was tall and fluffy because sometimes mine were flat. And at the time, and this was before culinary school, I didn't understand the temperature of the butter. I didn't understand why sometimes they would be flat, sometimes they would be tall. So it, it was all of that. And, and so I'm always looking for a biscuit that's really fluffy in the center. And this is, and I, and I make angel biscuits, which is with yeast. I make um, biscuits that are drop, drop biscuits. So that's a totally different thing. The biscuit that I'm talking about now is partially laminated. So I want that tall biscuit with um, a brown top, which means, you know, I can't use bleached flour because it doesn't brown the same way and that crunchy bottom. Could you just talk about the most important things about this technique that beginners should be keeping in mind as they follow your recipe? The most important thing is cold butter. I mean, that is the most important thing. And it's because butter has water in it. You need the fat. And I use um, a, a really good fatty butter. And, and, and I think what people can do is just go and look at butters and look at the fat content, um, but also the water content. So a European butter tends to have less water. So I look at the fat content that it has to be cold because when that cold butter goes into the oven, that water converts to steam and it's the steam that gives the biscuits the lift. So that, that's really, really important. The other thing is, is measuring the flour. I spend a lot of time with telling people how to measure their flour. A lot of times what people will do is they take the flour and they just dig in there with the cup and then they'll tap it down and then they never aerate the flour. So if the flour has been sitting, it just gets really heavy. Even when you pour your flour into a bowl and you whisk it, you're like, oh, that first little stir, it's hard to stir because it has settled. In the summertime, not only has it settled, but it also absorbs humidity. So the first thing is you whisk the flour. And I don't always do this like taking my flour out and put it in the bowl and whisk it because I have more space. Sometimes I just take the whisk into the flour bag and spoon it out into the cup and then level it off with a knife or a bit scraper. What I see people do all the time 
as soon as they do that, they, they'll do the whisk, they aerate the flour, they put it in, and then they will take it and they're like, and then they settle it and they put in more flour. I'm like, no! <laughs> because you just undid everything that I asked you to do. And now you're adding one or two tablespoons more of flour and it throws off the ratio of dry to wet mixture. And I think that's why a lot of people don't have great biscuits. I think that's probably why their cakes aren't light because your ratios are off. And we have this thing about not wanting to do weights. If you did your flour by weight, it, you wouldn't have that issue. So I spent a lot of time on telling people how to measure their ingredients. Got it. And I feel like a lot of your other tips are also about not adding in more flour along the way. Yes, exactly right. So um, once I put the dry ingredients in, the other tip is to spray your cutting board. So you, now you have you have your dry ingredients, you have your, your buttermilk. I also spray the cutting board with oil so that you put flour on so that that flour will stay in place because your dough is wet. If you sprinkle your dry cutting board with flour and you put down wet dough, it's going to pick up all of the flour that you just sprinkled on your cutting board. So we want to control that. And that's why I spray the cutting board, put flour down. Now you have this velvety section, the square section that you're going to work in. I love that tip. And if you don't have cooking spray, could you just like butter the board or oil the board? Yeah, you can butter the board. Oiling is probably better. A lot of times if you butter it, you want to have lumps, you know, because it's not going to be smooth. So what I would do is just take a paper towel, put some oil on, whatever kind of oil, and just make your little square. And, and it's all smooth. Uh, what I find with butter, people will put too much butter because they think more is better. And then you have lumps of butter and then the, the flour is going to clump and then ah, la, 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 la. So <laughs> I look to alleviate that. I, I mean, I've done it. I, I, I've put butter down. I've put the shortening down. Um, so, you know, but I've done this a lot. So I know what to look for, what not to do. Is there anything else that you see beginner bakers do with making biscuits that you you are like no 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 please please stop <laughs> i think the rolling pin people people love a rolling pin and they, they naturally think they they want to do a rolling pin i think that people have seen people make biscuits and so it's because they haven't done them they're like oh i've seen this on television i've seen i'm not i'm not even talking about a cooking show i'm talking about maybe just a movie where you've seen somebody make biscuits and you see them rolling out the dough and, and then they will cut them out and they're these little hockey pucks. So I don't use a rolling pin. I only use my hands because I don't want to pack down the dough. If I'm doing shortbread, that's a whole different thing. But if I'm doing regular biscuits, I don't want my dough packed out, packed, really packed out. So it will create a fluffier biscuit. People tend to overwork the dough. They really want to over, they really want to feel like they're doing something. I feel like it's when people are clicking and they like, they want to toss, you know, the pan up in the air. I'm like, there's no fire up here. There's no fire up here. So keep the pan down. I understand why you're tossing, but they're tossing because they've seen it, not because they're trying to toss something that's very gentle in their pan and they don't want to mush it. They think this is what they're supposed to do. But if you don't understand the why behind what you're doing, you will make a mistake. This is the Genius Recipe Tapes. We'll be right back. 
You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. Where do you think there's flexibility to use something else with, with the ingredients? And where do you think you just, if you don't have this thing, you should just wait until it's safer to go to the store? Um, I've even made my biscuits with coconut oil. So unrefined coconut oil instead of butter. I have made these biscuits vegan. So I've used coconut oil or a cultured vegan butter or um, a, uh, like a milk substitute. If I'm using a milk substitute, oat milk, almond milk, macadamia milk, I choose the one with the most fat because biscuits need fat. So that's the thing. You also think about fat content. The other substitution for buttermilk, which even at, during regular times, you go to the grocery store and you will see low-fat buttermilk. It's an oxymoron right there on the label. Is it low-fat or is it butter? I mean, I don't know. Is it margarine <laughs> milk? I don't know what it is. Right. So I like, what is this? So I tend to get the low fat buttermilk, but a lot of people don't have buttermilk. So in these times, I would say get whole fat, whole milk, whole milk, and then sour cream, because you generally are going to use the milk, the whole milk, you're going to use sour cream for something else. In this case, you're going to put them together. A lot of times new cooks will ask me, oh, can I make my own buttermilk? Can I just put... Um, lemon juice or vinegar in the milk and make my own. No, you cannot. Because that is not adding the fat. You still have the same amount of fat in your milk. I mean, that's great for making ricotta, but I don't, uh, I don't suggest it for biscuits. And what are you looking for when you're combining those two things? Is it roughly half and half or are you looking for a particular consistency? I, I'm looking for the consistency of heavy cream or a little, a little bit Thicker. Okay, got it. And flowers, would you ever use a different type of flour besides unbleached all-purpose? I have. I have used different types. I, I'm going to say right now I love King Arthur just because I just love it. I look on the back of the, the bag and it's, you know, it's wheat and barley and it's unbleached and that works well. I have done a side-by-side by my Southern Beauty um, White Lily and and I'm not going to poo-poo it if that's what you can get, you know, but it's, it doesn't brown the same way and it tastes slightly different, but that's fine. Um, I've used gold metal. I've used just, I've used every kind of flour. So um, it's fine. It may brown differently. Okay. What about whole wheat flours and spelt flours and things like that? If you're doing a whole wheat, I would say use whole wheat pastry flour because it's a little lighter. Otherwise, mix a whole wheat flour with a white flour it's just going to be a very different biscuit you can use spelt absolutely again you're, you're going to have to mix it with something otherwise you're not it's not going to be as light which is fine if that's what you're going for and you can make a whole wheat biscuit absolutely if you're gluten-free and you want to do something cup for cup or Anson meals the ratios are very different you wouldn't need as much liquid because a gluten-free flour doesn't absorb the liquids in the same way. If people didn't have shortening on hand, could they just do the same thing with butter? 
or oil? I, I would say oil, and I have done this. I made biscuits in Germany. It was a, uh, a USO event, and they couldn't get the short name. So I ended up taking just uh, a vegetable oil, two tablespoons, and then tossing the flour in that. That, that basically, that shortening or that oil gives you that crunchiness that you really want. Um, butter is very different because butter has water in it. Okay. So it doesn't really react the same way. So you can just do two tablespoons of oil. One of the things that we didn't talk about in terms of the biscuits was how I punch them out. So after I do the folds, right, and then I turn the, the and I look for the pretty side, and the pretty side is up down on the cutting board. I have my dough that's going to be about three quarters to an inch thick. And that depends on how big they're going to be, right? If they're going to be really small, you can make them a little flatter. But with like a two-inch cutter, you want like three quarters of an inch. I press the biscuit cutter straight down i don't twist it then i twist it once it gets to the cutting board and i shake it out and then i turn the dough over so the pinched edge is on the top and the reason i do that is because you're going to get like an eighth of an inch of a little bit higher lip if you keep it on the bottom the weight of the biscuit keeps that pinched edge down so that's just a very simple little trick and just it's just little things like that so you can get a big biscuit. How do you pick up these tips? I mean, is it just from making it over and over and over or like talking to other people who make biscuits? There's just so many like little genius tricks all through your recipe. It's all of that. It is looking at people make biscuits. It's looking at other recipes. It's um, looking at um, Cooks Illustrated and you know, when they go through these things. And but so over the years, I've just gathered little tips. And there was another tip that I got from um, Natalie Dupree. So Natalie was talking to me about how she mixes like this old fashioned way where you have a big bowl and you would take your fat and your lard and you mix it in the hollow of the, your liquid. So I even tried mixing my shortening with an immersion blender with the buttermilk. Amazing. And it's a completely different texture and it is beautiful. It is so beautiful and the biscuit is so light because all of that buttermilk has the fat straight through it. And so you don't worry about putting it in the flour because it's, it's all, it's going to touch every piece of that flour. Oh my God. It's so gorgeous. I know I get so excited. Okay. Well, I'm trying that one next. <laughs> it is beautiful. It is so great. And the reason I was, when she told me, I was like, Oh my gosh, because when I make my pie dough, I put the salt and the sugar in the water, not in the flour. Because instead of having water with flour, salt, sugar, salt, sugar, now I have salt, sugar, water that goes through the entire uh, pie crust. So this is the same thing. That fat is in the buttermilk, and you've increased the fat, so now it's going through the flour. One other thing, if you're making this, let's say you say, oh, I want to try that buttermilk trick later. So once you have your dry mix, you can actually keep that in the freezer. Your dry, you can make your dry mix and just put it in a zip top bag, keep it in the freezer, pull it out when you want to make some biscuits, and you're just adding the, the buttermilk. And then there's no chance that you're, well, very little chance you're going to warm up your butter if everything was frozen. Yeah. Carla, thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. 
Our show was put together by Coral Lee, Gabriella Mangino, Alik Barsumian, and me, Kristen McGlory. You can find all the Genius Recipes videos and stories on our site, food52.com. And if you have a Genius Recipe that you'd like to share, please email it to me at genius at food52.com. I am always hunting. If you like the Genius Recipe tapes, be sure to rate and review us. It really helps. See you next time.